Thank you guys for joining me on Every Ray Living. You already know it is your girl, Rayette. Welcome. As always, thank you guys for taking the time out of your day or night, allowing me to talk you through whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through. So before we get off into the wrap-up of Daddy Issues, let's talk about the fact that it is February 2nd. And I know it sounds cliche to say it feels like it was just January 1st yesterday, but in true fashion, it does. January legit has come in fast and left just as fast as it has come in. And I think that's kind of shocking to a lot of people because January is one of the, it is the longest month of the year. And depending on where you live, it could be the coldest month of the year. But all that to say, January was not messing around. But I want to point out, if you're like me, you got a couple of things you want to do for the spring leading into the summer. You don't have a lot of time to do it because again, January is already over with. So we are definitely heading towards spring. And so I told you guys that I was going to be taking swimming lessons. So if you follow me on TikTok or YouTube, I'm going to be taking you guys with me when I sign up. And then um, I'm going to be taking you guys with me when I start actually doing some of um, the classes. I might not show you everything in detail, but I am going to show you, give you guys some updates um, and just, you know, be an be informative to you in the event you want to take swimming lessons or brush up on some swimming lessons. Cause I'm a firm believer. You do not know how to swim. If you don't know how to jump into the water and then just take off swimming using your arms and your feet. If you can't do that, you don't know how to swim. My boys self-taught themselves how to swim. And it's something to what you can do when you're not afraid. So when you're younger, you're more fearless. You don't, really care about certain stuff. So what I always admired about them, they taught themselves how to skate, rollerblade, and rollerblade is the same as skating, but it's using three wheels and they're in a line. So they never like had lessons to do certain things. They just learned how to do it. Um, Jada, on the other hand, she took swimming lessons and she probably know how to swim a little, but I, I would err on the side of caution if she jumped into a pool, I'm not convinced she could take off swimming like that. I mean, maybe she can't. I don't know. But I don't feel comfortable. I wouldn't want her to do that because I feel like I just feel like she needs to brush up on her swimming lessons. I mean, I, I, she can get in the water like me. And a lot of us can get in the water and move around in the water. But I think as far as swimming, I think there's the fundamentals you need to have in order uh, to learn how to swim. And a lot of the fundamentals... And I'm saying this because I know a lot of people out there do not know how to swim. Um, and I'm not even going to say the cliche black people don't know how to swim because, you know, that was a thing for a long time. But more often than not, I find black people really do know how to swim. Um, but again, learning and knowing how to swim, knowing how to swim for fun is one thing. But having the basic fundamentals of swimming is another. There's a breathing um, technique you need to have down um, so that you're breathing right and properly. So you're not having like that situation where you're breathing in the water and hurting your nose and, you know, ultimately could kill yourself as a result of doing that. So all that to say, I'm going to take you guys with me when I go to my um, swim classes, just to show you, and not only for swimming, to encourage you to do something that you might be putting off because you're afraid to do it, or you feel like you might be at the age where it's too late. I'm 48 years old. I'll be 49 this year. And as I've gotten older, I'm more bold with wanting to do things that I might not have been as bold to do 
in my um, 20s. And swimming is one of those things. You know, like I said, I'd get in the water, look cute. But as far as swimming, I didn't do it because I was afraid. So I just share certain things on here. And it might not be a big deal to you or anybody for that matter. But I shared those little things because those little things encourage people to do stuff. It starts with making steps and strides towards doing small things. And then once you accomplish that small thing, you'll set a goal for another small thing. And then those small things turn into big things. And then you realize you can do it. I told you guys last year in 2022 that I was going to be driving to the airport by myself, flying out to Florida to see my friend by myself. Flying was not new to me. I've flown by myself before. Um, I've flown with my daughter. I've flown with my kids. I've flown with my ex. I've flown before, but I've never driven myself to an airport, got on the plane by myself, purchased my own ticket, set all that up. It's always been done for me. So when I did it in 2022, it was so liberating. And I realized how much time I wasted waiting for other people to do it. You can miss out on a lot of stuff if you're waiting for somebody else to take you and show you something. I'm planning to do a trip by myself. Now, again, it's not always fun. It's not always easy because you got to, you know, get a lot of things done in order and all that. But once you do it, it becomes the easiest thing to do. And you ask yourself, why did you wait so long? So going back to what I'm saying about I want to travel, I want to travel somewhere outside of going to my friend's house in Florida. I want to go to like a resort of some kind by myself and enjoy that by myself. And I'm going to do it. And how I'm going to do that is get a travel agent and um, have him or her, uh, he or she, <laughs> uh, plan it, situate it. And I want to make sure it's all inclusive so I don't have to really be venturing out. I want to make sure when I get to the airport, somebody's there to pick me up, take me to my hotel room, my dinner activities are all there. And then when it's time to leave, the driver picks me up, take me to the airport and I come back home. It's doable. It's just a matter of if you want to do it by yourself. And no, certain things aren't always fun doing them by yourself, but don't miss out because you don't want to do it by yourself. Do it by yourself. And then who knows, you, can, you might find somebody while you're there, or you may be able to tell someone else you did it by yourself and you'll encourage them and so on and so forth. So that's what I'm doing for this year. Obviously, I am going to go out and see my friends, um, but everything is different this year. It's all about resetting your mindset, resetting things you're going to do, which is why I said 2023 was my reset for my YouTube channel, my TikTok videos, and my podcast. Things I talk about on my podcast, you're not going to find on my YouTube channel or my TikToks, not in detail anyways, um, because this is a more intimate and this is kind of where it started. And this is where, you know, I feel the most comfortable. Not that I'm not comfortable on those other platforms, but this is just where it just makes sense for me to get a little bit more in depth with things, be a little bit more vulnerable. Um, because again, everybody doesn't do social media like that. Everybody that probably listens to me is not subscribed to my um, YouTube and TikTok. And that's fine. But um, again, I'm here to enlighten, be informative on some things and just motivate. And even if you're, I'm not motivating you, it's motivating to me because I've already put it out there. So stay tuned for more stuff that I got going on and I'm, I'm going to be talking about. So like I said, we are into the reset. I did talk to you guys about um, daddy issues in part one and part two. So if you haven't listened to those, please do so. Um, and I know you're probably thinking, 
we wouldn't be here if we didn't listen to part one and part two. Well, I would beg to differ because I'm a person, if a series looked good and if I'm some and I'm around someone and they're talking about that particular series that they're in, sometimes I will jump to that series, skip all the other ones, and then I'll circle back to the series that I missed because it's not going to make sense if you're skipping around. And then some people can catch up from that. Some people don't necessarily need to circle back to it right away. But I'm only saying that because there's a lot of things I'm not going to be referencing in one and two because I don't want to make the you know the wrap up about part one and two and that's all we're talking about. So certain things if you're not familiar with you might want to go back and listen just so you can say oh okay that makes sense. I get what she was saying when she said that. But I want to also tell you guys what I did over the weekend. Again something small for me, but if it encourages you to do it, by all means do it. So I talked to you guys about cleaning out my closet and all that good stuff and revamping some things. So I'm doing the same thing with my refrigerators. I'm very specific about doing things, even if you feel like it's not worthy of it. Like if you need a new refrigerator and you don't like the one you got, you're probably thinking, I'm not going to do nothing until I get a new one, or I'm not going to do something until I get a new of that. You prepare yourself for bigger and better things. When you take pride in the small things or things that don't look that good. Like my kitchen needs updated so bad. Like I'm probably the probably I'm probably the only person in the world that don't have a, a real updated kitchen. But do you know, I still have dinner parties over here. I still have people over here as if my cabinets are the most updated cabinets you've ever seen. My refrigerator is the most updated refrigerator you've seen. I do that because I take pride in having every little thing that I have because I know someone, even though I just said there's, I'm probably the only one with no updated cabinets, I'm exaggerating that. There is someone probably sitting in their kitchen with no cabinets. They're probably hanging off the wall, you know, probably just barely making it. But when you take care of what you have and treat it like it's new and it's updated, when God blesses you and replace whatever you need replaced, it's going to be bigger and better. And he takes pride in giving us things when we take care of what we have, even though it's not in the best of shape. So the reason I said I want to upgrade the inside of my refrigerator is because I wanted it to give a fresher look. And, you know, back in the day, I remember Jada said, why, you know, am I doing things now that I didn't do when they were younger? So, you know, like I have eggs. So they have that. I got a little egg container from TJ Maxx. So each individual egg is in that little container. Whereas before, when they were growing up, the eggs went in the cart and you put them in the refrigerator. I remember everyone doing that for the most part, unless your refrigerator just had something you could put those eggs in. But now when you look in the refrigerator, everything has a place <laughs> and all of that. But you do that when you get older and you have more time. And again, everything is about a aesthetic nowadays. So everything is kind of geared to making sure this is that. Well, anyways, I went to TJ Maxx and I got some containers. So my milk has a container, you know, the sugar has a container, the flour has a container. And you probably are saying sugar, flour, refrigerator. Yes, I like to keep that kind of stuff in the refrigerator because it keeps it fresh. And when you keep those kind of things in the cabinet, especially when it gets warm out, and you have all that other stuff in there. Sometimes you can have corn meal or cornbread meal in there that you don't know that has been there for a long, it'll start attracting bugs. And so if you don't clean your covers out on a regular basis, that kind of stuff can happen. And those bugs will go into your fresh flour, your fresh sugar. And my mama was a refrigerator person. Everything went into the refrigerator down to her toothbrush and her toothpaste. Nothing, 
her bread was in the refrigerator. Like nothing really went in cabinets. It all went in the refrigerator. So that's kind of how I am with certain things. So I just went and got a few little um, containers. Um, I upgraded my uh, juice containers and I did a video on that. Got over uh, a thousand views just on that. Everybody's not going to tell you that you're inspiring them to do certain things. You're giving them an idea. They're going to take it. And that's that. But here's the good news. It's little bitty stuff that can make you happy. If you're always trying to get somebody to fulfill you and make you feel a certain type of way, you're never going to be happy because your happy is going to be relying on if that person says something to make you feel good. If that person says something to make you feel horrible, that's what your mood is going to be. And my mood is not often altered by anything a person says or does to me, unless it's something personal, obviously, but small things like that get me excited. And I feel good when I you know, accomplish what it is I'm accomplishing in that goal. So my refrigerator looks so nice, so clean and organized. We're just doing those little things. So I did that over the weekend. So I have a refrigerator reset. I did my closet. So now I'm doing my refrigerator. And again, I showed that on, on my YouTube channel. I show what it looks like to have everything in nice, neat um, bowls, containers, things of that nature. So that's part of what I'm doing, resetting things from the inside out and no one has to know no one has to care you know and you care and that's all that matters so let's get into the wrap up because we're not going to be on here long wrapping it up but the last thing I said um on part two was um moving forward from that emotion that you know you had growing up that emotion that was you know embedded in you whether it was low self-esteem insecurity um, so on and so forth. And, and you have to move on from that because if you continue to stay in that mode of I'm mad, I'm upset, I have low self-esteem and all that, you won't evolve. And when you're young and you're feeling those emotions, you don't know what low self-esteem is. You don't know what insecurity is. You don't know what none of those things are. You don't know what the definition of those things are until you grow up. And then you realize that you probably could be the poster child for those definitions. But the, the downside to that is once you've had insecurity, self, um, your self-worth question, you devalue, your, devalue yourself based off of how someone treated you, it could be a slippery slope when that person comes back into your life. So in my case, I was talking about how um, my dad not being in my life, but my dad's family always was affectionate, inviting and supporting me you know, wanted me around and all that good stuff. That was great. That was wonderful. But on the other end, my dad was very um, aloof, very silent, along with my grandfather in those areas. My grandfather, not as much as my dad, but all the same. And so when you are acknowledging that other people are acknowledging you, that makes you feel good. But when you see your core person or persons have that attitude with you like they have no idea who you are even though they know who you are they don't really want to deal with you not based off of anything that you said or done but just based off of their issues that formulates issues with you that formulates a problem that you'll have with yourself based off of how that person is handling you and so you will take those kind of feelings into different relationships you will still try to buy a person's affection and, and, and friendship and love even if you have it from everyone else, it'll be that one person you'll go to the ends of the earth for just so they can acknowledge you. And that is where it's dangerous. And that is where the rubber meets the road. And that's where we need to be mindful that 
it's not your job to do that. If a million people is loving you and you're trying to find that one person to love you that's not paying you any attention, that's when you need to move on and ignore that. Because even though that's a real emotion, you take that into different relationships. I was guilty of this. I have four children and I was adamant that when I had my children, I was going to love them. I was going to make sure they were seen. I was going to make sure they were heard. I was going to make sure everything. And that's great and wonderful. But the downside of that is when you do all of that, you're living through your children. You're, you're wanting your children to get something you didn't get or you didn't have. And when you do that, you start putting un unrealistic expectations on them to be, to talk, to act how you want them to be. So they're never judged. Nothing's ever looked at like a big deal. Am I the only person who do this as a mother? No, because we want our kids to have everything and more than what we have. Sometimes that can be a slippery slope because you can want that so much that you start getting so angry when they don't abide by the rules you set for them. Kids are going to be kids. They're going to have their own identity. And no, they're not supposed to be out here making crazy decisions because that's really not what life is about. There's some things they don't have to do because they've already been made for them. There's some things you're not supposed to do because that's just life. But when you start living through your kids, you don't want them to make one mistake. And if they do make a mistake, you want it to be something you can fix. Nobody actually knows. And they move on with life because everybody wants the perfect kids. But if you are struggling with something that you didn't deal with when you were a kid and then you have kids, guess what you're going to do? Put those unrealistic expectations on them to, to the point they don't even feel comfortable with making a mistake because they know what you're going to do. And I remember my older son always telling me, now... I'm not taking no responsibility for every little single thing they say or do because some of that stuff is BS. But I do remember him saying something to the fact that they, people are uncomfortable to come to me if they made a mistake because they're going to hear my mouth. And yeah, that's like a natural part of parenting. Yeah, you get in trouble, I'm going to say something to you, but that doesn't mean you don't tell me. Me getting mad is being disappointed because I know you know better. It doesn't mean I don't love you or I love you less. It just means my expectation for you to do this was here. And when you did it, of course, I'm going to be upset. And of course, I'm going to be upset if it's something they know better. But he said that so much, I understood later on in, in life what that meant. And they would say or do something. And I would say, that's embarrassing. You guys are embarrassing me. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it was embarrassing. Sometimes the stuff they did was embarrassing. Nobody else was doing it or that I knew was doing it. So when my kids, you know, say something or get in trouble for doing something, of course, I'm going to nail them to the cross because I'm thinking you guys are the only people who did this and come to find out they're not. They're kids. They weren't the only people who made a mistake. But when you have so much of self-doubt, insecurity, and not understanding why someone didn't accept you when you've done nothing. So you want to make sure you don't do nothing to keep it that way. But then you start holding yourself to an unrealistic expectation based off of someone's actions that had nothing to do with you. And so you start taking those emotions everywhere you go and you start making everybody pay for it and feel some type of way because you feel some type of way. And so you get in relationships with your boyfriend or, you know, if you're dealing with this, 
and um, you're a boy, you'll get in this relationship with a girlfriend. I mean, it happens all the time. People start making other people responsible for their emotions. And I've said this before, stop giving people jobs they didn't sign up for. Stop making people responsible for your feelings, your emotions, when they have no idea that you're feeling that. They have no idea that you gave them that job to carry your emotions, don't drop them. And when they do, they don't know that they're about to get in trouble for carrying something they didn't know you put on them. But that's what we do when we get in relationships. So we get in girlfriend, boyfriend relationships. And even though we may be popular and all the boys love us, if we notice our boyfriend or the guy we really like isn't handling us or responding to us like everyone else is, we start zoning in on that person that's ignoring us. Meaning he may be paying you attention, but not the attention you feel like you deserve. Now, at that point, that's when you should leave. If someone's treating you a certain way and you don't like it, don't try to stick around and see if it's going to get better. Don't try to stick around and see if he's going to get the memo. If he didn't get the memo and he's still treating you a certain way and you don't like it, the memo is to leave. Don't give him a warning. Just leave. Because if he's not doing what you need to be doing, he needs to be doing to make you feel whatever it is, you know, you need to feel or do or whatever, you need to leave. But guess what we do? We stay a little longer. We stretch ourselves a little longer. Things we would cut our friends off for doing or saying to us, oh, your boyfriend gets the grace and mercy infinity. It can go on and on and on. That's not healthy. But when you do that, when we do that, that's because we want that attention. We want whatever it is they're not giving us. And we're willing to do whatever we need to do to make sure he or she, depending on the situation, sees us. Once we get that validation, once we hear or see that he's treating us the way we think we should be treated, we're good. But guess where the, guess where the um, rubber meets the road? When he see you're not treating yourself like that, he's not going to treat you any better than you're treating yourself. No one's going to treat me any better than me than me. And so we get in that rut where we want other people to see our value. You treat me how... I deserve to be treated, even though I'm not treating myself how I deserve to be treated. You do it for me. And the minute they feel your love tank up a little bit and then they decide they don't want to keep treating you like that and they start treating you like stir fry shit, we have a meltdown. We go even harder. We try to go to the ends of the earth to see what the problem is. And we do that because it stems from something we haven't dealt with. It stems from being neglected. It stems from being um devalue in a way or feeling like you've been devalued. And so you try to get that fixed through other things, whether it be your children, relationship, um, situationship, it doesn't matter. And you miss out on the bigger things in life because you're still trying to focus on that one little bitty thing. But then when everything is settled, you've got yourself together and working on yourself is a 365 days out of the year project. You are never like, I'm this, period. You always should be working on yourself to be better and better and better and better. And it doesn't have to be big by somebody else's standard, big by your standards, because you're the only person that knows what you're dealing with and what you've gone through, not everybody else. So that's why it's important that you stay focused on what it is you need to do for yourself. But see, once you've evolved from that part with that particular person, they may circle back around again. Now, in my case, it was uncomfortable for me. Because my dad 
kind of circle back into my life. I kind of have a better relationship with me, if you can even imagine that, um, now than before. I don't see him every day. I don't talk to him every day. But it makes it uncomfortable because now that I'm a grown woman, I'm, I am who I am. I am set in certain ways, just as he probably is. It's hard to connect with someone who was um, disconnected to you, wasn't, you know, purposeful about, you know, starting a relationship with you, no matter what he had or didn't have. So now when you're older and you have all those thoughts and memories of that, even though I have forgiven him and I don't harbor any ill feelings towards him, it makes it uncomfortable to be full with him to him because now you love and appreciate everything that you could have loved and appreciated when I was an adolescent, hell, when I was an infant, um, when I was a teenager, my young adulthood, now I'm middle age. It's hard to not forgive because I don't have any ill feelings towards him. He didn't do anything for me to um, have an issue with him. But on the flip side of that, he didn't do anything. <laughs> and that can be, sometimes that can be just as worse, you know, being in someone's life and not doing anything. You can understand that, but to not ever want to extend yourself to see how my love for you could, you know, be a thing to not do that makes a big difference as well. But when that person is in your life and want you to be in their life and want to reconnect as if nothing ever happened and just start off from where we're at, that makes it uncomfortable because at that point, even though I've forgiven, it doesn't make it comfortable because again, what do you love now? What, what makes you appreciate me now when um, you could have had the same emotion. And again, people have things that they deal with in life that causes them. And I said that in part one, but when you get older and you acknowledge some things and you see some things differently, it makes trying to reconnect and bond. It looks different. It's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. And so if you haven't healed from some things, you definitely wouldn't talk to him, which I have talked to him Many times I've never had an issue with them, but now there's that uncomfortability there. And I'm able to acknowledge that because it is what it is. It is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me to be how I am with you because I'm not sure where your mind is. And because at one point you may feel this way, another point you're going to feel another way. So that's what I've been conditioned to feel. You're going to be this way today, but you may feel another way tomorrow based on whatever the situation is. And I'm pretty sure he's uncomfortable with calling me 24 seven and asking me for things because of that. But that's the relationship people um, build when they do that. And just because you forgive and you move on, it doesn't take certain feelings away. Now, some people can never have a relationship with their dad or mom all their life. And then they jump on the scene and then it's like, it never changed. I, think too much. I get wrapped up in my head too much about certain stuff. So I'm not a person can, that can just jump off and hit the ground running with stuff like that. Because if I've seen a pattern of wishy-washiness, my whole mindset is waiting to see when you're going to flip. And I have dealt with a lot of people who's wishy-washy. They think they like me. They think they love me. And the moment I say something or do something that they don't like or whatever, I know right then and there you may like things about me. You may like the benefits of being around me. But in order to really like and love me, you have to like and love everything about me. And I have seen people put a period on certain things. 
put a comma <laughs> on certain things, you know, but I don't know, semicolon, I love her, but, you know, those kind of things. So you set people up to expect how you've been, you know, showing up over the years. You set people up to expect you're going to do that. You don't set people up to think the best if they see in a pattern of letdown over and over and over. So I say that to say this, yes, be forgiving. Yes. You know, if the mood calls for it, be engaging, but don't ever put yourself in a situation where you're thinking more about the other person's feelings and reactions than yours. Because again, you haven't moved on. You haven't evolved. Stand in your truth, hold your head up, pull your shoulders back and go through life like that. Not with your head down, questioning yourself. Because again, not a lot of people know that they're putting into you low self-esteem, questioning and all that. Who cares? Know who you are. Be solid in that. And even though you can have daddy issues, mom issues, friend issues, whatever issue, you don't have to stay in that emotion because you're not designed to stay in that emotion. You're designed to acknowledge it happened, be mad about it, be sad about it, but not forever. Figure out how that has helped you or hurt you and move on because that's the true, that's the true blessing, being able to move on because you can see it. You can feel it. You get empowered by it, but you won't ever see the empowerment in it if you're constantly, well, I remember when he did this. I have an aunt, God bless her soul. Um, she has been hurt by her marriage and divorce, and they've been divorced for almost 30 years. And if you talk to her, she's going to refer back to that moment. Well, several moments. Everybody could have a, be having a great day, a great time talking about a variety of things, but she will find a way to circle back to that hurt, that disappointment. And she talks about it. And as much as she's mad at him for that, she still loves him. But she she divorced him. She said, I'm done. I'm not doing that. She did divorce him and keep it moving. But I can tell if she could do it all over again, she still probably would have divorced him. But I think she would have did some things different early on in her marriage. And I would never want to be that. She reminds me every day when I'm talking to her, when I'm listening to her of how to not settle and not stay in emotions forever and ever and ever. And she will say that the last conversation we had in regards to that, she was saying, don't take nobody's stuff. And then she says she regrets staying with him as long as she did. And that's true. Because again, my aunt is a phenomenal woman, could see anybody off the table, off the mic, had so many people loving her, so many, so many gifts and talents. But she loved that one person, that one person, and she wanted the affection and the respect of that one person. And he did. He did respect her and he did love her, but not how he should have. And she's flawed too, because we all are. And maybe he was searching for something for her that he that she could have done better or differently. It, you just never know. But one thing you don't want to do, one thing he didn't do was stay and linger in it. When he got tired and he, whatever, he started doing what he wanted to do. And then ultimately that caused him a divorce. But at the same time, he eventually um, made it to where she made it more easy for him to do it and gave him 24 access to it when she divorced him. And so again, 
just hearing how she talks about him and hearing, you know, the, the hurt and the anger that's behind it, you can tell she wished she had have did something differently and hadn't stayed as long as she did or just lived a little bit more of her life for herself. Because one thing she did was take care. And I've done a podcast on all my aunts. But the one thing she did was take care of her kids and everybody else's kids. And you want to be able to have some kind of um, return on that. You want to be able to feel good about how you did that, even though you weren't perfect all the way. But all that to say, acknowledge your hurt, figure out where it comes from, and move forward. Use it to empower you. Um, My pastor, I'm going to say this and wrap it up. um, She just wrote a little, um, it's a five-minute read collection. Um, It's a part of her uh, five-minute read collection. I feel like I just said the same thing twice, but it is. It's uh, author, Pastor Sherry J. Pace, and it says, keep Judah at the table. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about this um, coming up, just so you can get an idea of what um, her books are about, her five-minute reads. Um, And in the first chapter, it tells you who was Judah. And um, basically, just giving you a quick synopsis, um, Judas was one of the um, 12 12 apostles. And um, at some point, he let Jesus down, you know, but he didn't remove him from the table. Um, And in a nutshell, and I'm going to get back into this in another uh, episode, even though someone hurts you, you don't cut them off right away. You still give them the grace and the mercy, okay? Because God gives us grace and mercy because we mess up all the time. You use that to strengthen you. You use what that person did or didn't do to empower you to be a better version of yourself. And that's why I'm saying I'm not heard. There's no ill feelings. I'm just talking to you how his absence, his aloofness, his exclusion affected me in a lot of different ways. But when I recognized where that came from, that uncomfortability came from, I was able to say, aha, that's where that comes from. Take ownership of what I could. And that's owning that I'm letting this person make me feel a certain type of way. That's not everyone. Everyone is not feeling this way about me because there is a healthy rejection. Just because you don't get everything you want doesn't mean someone is out to get you. Somebody hates you. It just means it might not be time just yet. Work on what you got to work on. Do what you got to do so that when you do get it, you're ready and prepared for it. But Sometimes you need that person that you think is a hindrance to you. It's actually a help to you. So even though he wasn't in my life growing up, how that affected me helped me on the other side of that. So if that makes sense to you and you get it, you get it. If it doesn't make sense to you, you have no idea what I'm talking about, then it won't be for you. You won't get it. But I had a surprise come yesterday and it was my daughter. So I haven't seen her in forever. She swears up and down. I see her all the time. And I don't, you know how kids are, they get grown, they do what they got to do. You see them here and there. Bill Cosby, the Cosby show did a a skit on that a long time ago, how Denise went off for college, but she came home and she visited everybody but them. But on the day she got ready to leave, she wanted to be in her loving arms. And um, they, you know, they did a little uh, example of how that feels when you want to see them and they leave, 
you know, but before they leave, that's when they want to spend a whole bunch of time with you. But when they come in, they're with their friends. So that's kind of how that is when Jada comes. But she came yesterday. I was so excited to see her. I love her so much. She's my little best friend. Well, they become your little best friend, especially when they're with you 24-7. But then when you get to a point where they get older, you just be feeling like you're on Gilligan's Island. But that took a minute. But now I get it. And, you know, we've evolved. Well, I've evolved. But, yeah, she's here. She straightened and gave me a, a silk press last night. So I can't even enjoy it because I got to pull my hair back to go to work. But I said all that to say, hopefully, if we get some time, I'm going to do a podcast with, with like as a follow-up to how the difference between having her dad and her life growing up, having him there, and um, the dynamics of that and the pros. Not There's no cons to it, but um, we weren't together. We weren't married. But he was still in her life, you know, day one. From the time I was conceived, he was there. He was there when she was born, watched her be born. But I want to just talk to her and um, get some insight on her about the difference between, you know, living with me, living with him, our different ways of parenting, the difference of how she feels when I'm instructing her to do something versus him and all that. Like there's differences that I could not begin to explain or talk about because again, I didn't grow up with that. So let's stay tuned and see, you know, we're going to talk about it no matter what, but if I get a chance to sit down with her, that'll be on the next podcast. And if not, we're going to talk about something else until the next time you guys be safe. Enjoy your week.